Hey, how's it going, gents? Hey, what's going on? Good morning, and welcome back to United We Stand, Facts Over Feelings. Thank you guys very much for joining. Um, very special. Um, well, we got we got John back in the house, so that that's really good. We got to catch up because we haven't um, actually chatted since October. And then I got Uncle Mikey, who was on one of our early podcasts as well, and uh, we're going to talk about. Um, Really, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ebb and flow on this conversation, but we're gonna talk a little bit more um, uh, about business and the pros and the cons of going at it alone, and actually why going at it alone is not such a good idea. And we both got some different. We all got different experiences from it, um, going from uh, uh, owning our own companies and all that stuff. But first, man, John, what's up, dude? What's going on? Like, I haven't checked. So we did. We did the last podcast in October. Uh, I got activated, um, went and spent time for the 59th presidential inauguration. So that's a whole podcast. That's like five podcasts um, <laughs> on, on that experience. And, and I will talk about that eventually. And then you've been doing your entrepreneur stuff. Mike's been doing his stuff. Um, but yeah, man, what, what's been going on? Well, um, I mean, a lot. A lot's happened. It's been my first real foray. I just kind of concluded my first real year out of the military uh, off of active duty. And I didn't know who I was, you know, you, you know, the, the whole backstory. And I kind of discovered software engineering and I launched a software as a service company um, with the partner, which is going to be kind of critical for our discussions. And I experienced success like I never uh, experienced it before because it, it wasn't just about um, you know, me not being good enough or the idea not being good enough, what I realize is that you have to leverage your strengths. So if you have a partner and you're really good at something, um, they can take, you know, they can take over what they're good at and you could take over what they, um, you could take over what you're good at. So right now, critical, we're in several um, major fire departments and police departments throughout the United States. Um, we've hired new developers. We're currently in the works of a contract with uh, branch of the military, and uh, it's just been it's been phenomenal. But I I would say all of that is down to um, being able to leverage my skills and having the ability to work with uh, a partner to leverage their skills. All right, man. Well, well, dude, let's back up a little bit, right? Because because describe describe critical. Um, you know, in your entrepreneurship journey, right? I mean, and this is this is good stuff because there's a lot of folks transitioning out of the military. They're trying to do the entrepreneur stuff. They're trying to go corporate America. They're trying to make that decision. Um, what the hell to do post military? And like, how <laughs> do I find myself? But but talk, what is critical, man? Like, what what is the where did the idea come from? And then what is the antithesis behind uh, ultimately how you guys make money? Yeah. So the genesis of critical was that in the military we oft, often struggle with communication issues. Um, period, point blank. And so um, myself and another Navy vet, uh, fellow officer, we decided to start brainstorming ways to make communication better. And there's a few things that you want to look at with communication. It's the speed of communication, the security of communication, and uh, we really wanted to put that into a package. So what Critical does is it it's a full suite of communication and um, and leadership tools. A few of those tools that come in within the package in the software package is, uh, and this is mobile and web based, 
uh, on the cloud. But some of those services are, you know, your basic chat, like regular chat, group chat, things of that nature that allow you to communicate with people that may be in the same kind of group as you. But then additionally, we have a company news feature, which where if there's an update that's going on in your area. So like, let's say we have police. Uh, I'll use the scenario of um, uh, law enforcement because we work with a lot of law enforcement. They can give updates if there's been uh, a suspect seen in the area. If somebody in the company has had a new baby, uh, if you got an officer of the month, things like that. And that immediately gets pushed to your phone. Um, additionally, we have features like um, uh, anonymous reporting. So you can do anonymous reportings if you've seen something like suspicious activity or maybe sexual harassment, things of that nature. We have non-anonymous reporting, which is like for your IT issues, vehicle issues. Um, on top of that, <laughs> we have uh, requests for feedback. So if you're a sergeant and you want to find out what your guys on the, you know, on the ground are doing, you can send out polls, questions, get their feedback, spark conversations. Um, and so those are just some of the tools that we have in this package. And uh, yeah, so you, any questions about those tools? I know it's a lot. It's a huge yeah. platform. So, so when you, you first started, because those in that do uh, military, right there, we do what's called the, um, the command, the command survey, right? That Correct. Is, you do that command survey and you get feedback on like, hey, how's leadership doing? How, wh what's going on in your wor world? How can we make it better? So it sounds like that was, last I talked to you, that was kind of the, the big area. And then now it's branched off into updates on people having babies and updates to um, IT issues and reporting any kind of uh, other issues. It's, it's become much more of a robust platform than just let's get a a pulse check on how leadership and the command is doing Yeah, or your, or your business. Absolutely. So what we started doing was we realized when we were doing our customer discovery and working with our clients, they were like, man, this is great. I've got, you know, two or three other software platforms. I like to kind of have these, all of these things happening at once. And so we just started continuing to develop or I continue to develop uh, this whole product. Now, what's interesting is I was the sole developer up until like a month or two ago. So for two years, I was developing this product by myself. And I think what's important um, for those transitioning out of the military, I, I wasn't in computers when I was in the military. Um, my field didn't look like that. It's just something I kind of grabbed a passion for once I had that free time outside of the military and started working on it. John, I have a couple of questions. Sure. With respect to what, what you were developing. And, and I think this will... Uh, more for my edification initially, but what was the emphasis or focus on the effectiveness and efficiency of the communications and, and the system that you were developing? So speed is one thing you mentioned, but um, I'm, I'm more curious about effectively communicating, you know, the message received as it was intended and then the efficiency at which these communications are taking place. Yeah. Uh, so let's kind of look at your basic scenario. Let's talk about you know, sexual harassment. We'll just say uh, we have a sexual harassment case. Now, you can either typically you can report it anonymously or non-anonymously in a, in a variety of different ways. Let's look at the non-anonymous method. OK, so the number one way is like you put it in a Dropbox or you put it in some, you, you know, you send an anonymous message uh, from a web portal. Right. So here's the problem. If you put a note in a Dropbox or you sent this anonymous message, 
there is no way to be able to communicate with you back and forth. I just have that information. And as a leader, I can't really do anything with that. I can't reach out for more details. I can't ask further questions unless, unfortunately, I basically tear apart the entire command. So the first thing and the big thing that our platform allows us to do is that if you happen to have that anonymous message come in, I could continue to communicate with you anonymously. So it's one of the first instances where you can have that anonymous information and carry on the conversation. You guys get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so that that also parlays it into an organic way of anonymous reporting, but actually being able to carry on a dialogue in in a safe environment. Absolutely, and um, what's really good about it is one, you can designate it to different members in your organization. But when you have this conversation, you can actually build uh, an understanding of what's happening. So it's not just a snapshot and you have to jump all over something or, you know, immediately ask somebody for, you know, for them to go on administrative leave or things like that. You can actually get the information and build trust and rapport. And you also have the ability to reveal your identity in the application. So let's say you've built up a case on something. You then have the opportunity to reveal your identity. And so you can actually go through legal action or, or whatever may happen. So that really increases the effectiveness of an anonymous report. I like it, man. So it's your, your, uh, you know, definitely folks in the military know it's like you're restricted and, and non-restricted or unrestricted report, right? Mm-hmm. So whether you're going to do it anonymously or not anonymously and then, um, yeah, dude, I, I like that, man. So dude, that's awesome, man. Um, so what else has been going on with you, man? Cause, cause we'll get into the topic of like, you're working and you're, you're growing your business with a partner. And then, um, Mike and I both got different experiences on start. You remember my, you know, my, my independent stuff yeah, yeah. and, um, and just trying to, to grow, grow something, um, just putting it all on, on your own back and, and grow, which is just, I mean, I can, I can go on for a while on, on that particular topic and what it's done. Absolutely, man. I, I've got two other business ventures that are doing well um, also. Uh, I don't think we've had a chance to catch up on them, but I have a consulting business uh, Well, where I kind of act, act as a fractional CTO for projects and things of that nature. And the other one is uh, we do I do um, like software development for like websites and and if you want like a, a mobile app, it's a whole boot camp. It's essentially a boot camp that I put people through for developing. And I've got a partner in all of those adventures. And the the beautiful thing, man, I, I really have to stress this, is that I don't have to be overwhelmed with what I'm not good at or I'm not passionate about it. I refuse to ever do that again. I refuse to be in a position where I'm working really hard doing something that I'm not either really good at or really passionate about because it's, I'm just not as successful otherwise. Well, I think that the team concept in, in the military essentially is structured so that, you know, in a small team, each person has a specialty or a point of emphasis within, within the, the, body of work, if you will, you know, task oriented, what have you. But 
the other benefit to that is while my forte may not be the same as yours, if we're on a team together and, and we're collaborating and, and communicating effectively, as we were just talking about, then I may be able to pick up some of the, some of the workload that your forte or your specialty area, area of expertise, rather, sorry, um, where I might not be great at it, but I can augment that as well and, and vice versa. So, collectively we're able to go a little further with with our with our objective than than if we were all just kind of operating in our own lane in a vacuum you know i'm i'm going to further add to that because you're exactly right basically being able to somebody has your back but another benefit i've found is that there's a you, everybody has this sine wave of energy you know you go up and you go down you go up and you go down well, if you're able to partner with somebody or work with somebody in this team environment that, you know, has that sine wave that can be countered than yours, you can always your, your organization can always be working at peak efficiency. And what I've also found out is that the other person's motivation when yours goes down can often bring yours up. And I think. Sure. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, I think motivation when times are tough. And having somebody to kick you in the butt or motivate you to keep going is is essential to success. I mean, it's, it's well, not a requirement, but it really helps out. Well, even even at a base level, just knowing you're not alone, yeah. right? There's there's such a there's such a uh, a level of encouragement or morale boost or, or capability, and we we essentially I think we perform better when we're doing so. At the for the sake of a group or for others than we do just for ourselves so that there's a benefit there and then to add to what you're saying also as far as the the balance of you know highs and lows and, and everybody kind of helping stretch that out it um it's a force multiplication concept it, it's the same again going back to the military i mean that's why these small teams each person has their specialty area but they all know everyone else's job Absolutely. And, and I think the last big thing for me that I realized is that if you have a partner you and you, I think you're kind of going this direction, Mike, is sometimes you, you work hard because you don't want to let them down. You, you will go further. You will do, you'll stretch a little more, but also that energy is more effectively applied because it, it, it's, it's just, again, it's that exponential value of if I put that same amount of time in that I would by myself in developing whatever my, my specialty, my task, if I have someone else that's putting the same amount of effort in, it, it actually is, you know, more than 2x, right? It's, um, it, it, it carries further. There's, there's a saying I'm drawing a blank. It's like on. a force multiplier. Yeah, well, that's, that's it. But there's, um, what is it? This, this. The sum of the parts are greater than the yep. whole, or yeah. the whole is yeah. greater than the sum of the parts. It's a it's a spotter, right? Like I look at it as a spotter in the gym. You know what I mean? Like you all, you go to the gym, you got your buddy, your partner, your, uh, and then next thing you know, you're you're lifting. Oh, dude, do, do, do a couple more. Do a couple. Like you can go a little bit further. You can go mm -hmm. a little bit further. You're gonna be up at five a.m. in the morning. All right, I know you're gonna be there, so I got to get up and get going and be there. So, yeah, yeah. There's accountability aspect of it. On, on the on the flip side of that, I would I would say from my experience of going into business by myself and going it alone for a very long period of time, there is a point of diminishing returns where I'm still putting in 90 hours a week, 100 hours a week, literally trying to get a business off the ground, but the the stress and the fatigue and frankly 
the 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 sense that you're on an island by yourself and not being able to necessarily have the perspective or see the results and you know the world doesn't give you little postcards encouraging you and telling you good job i mean like you, you, that 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 comes from you know that comes from validation from the people on your team if you're by yourself that that begins a, a cycle of diminishing returns where the stress and the fatigue just keep getting worse and worse to where you're still doing that eight, 90 hour a week, 80 hour a week, hundred hour a week. But what you're able to accomplish in that time frame is so much less because it takes longer to focus. It takes longer to complete those tasks. There's holes in your game because you're not getting third party or secondary feedback. That's helping you kind of shore those things up and you're missing those opportunities. So what are some of the ways Mike, you've had to kind of counteract those things? Like if you've hit a low or, you know, you, you're, you're not looking from the outside in. How, how do you consciously, you know, help fight those things? Well, let's back up okay. a little bit because Mike, uh, it, it, let's back up and tell the story, right? Like, I mean, you don't need to get into like the nitty gritty details, but tell the story of kind of what you did, some of the numbers, and then um, the impact that it had on you personally, physically, family-wise, by trying to fucking muscle everything all on your own, but kind of, kind of take us back to the beginning and, and build it up. Sure. So the, granted, this was my second endeavor on my own. My second time going in business for myself. First time I, that's a whole different story, but very similar path, ironically. But uh, 2016, I started my own company again. I left my job and started my own company. Uh, had some pr prospects on the horizon, which encouraged me to launch. Um, 2016 to spring of 2017, that first six months was just kind of getting off the ground. A lot of hours, but there was a lot of progress. You know, I was seeing the tangible results of my time invested in my, my sacrifice from my family and myself. So it was encouraging, right? And, and I was building that momentum. I didn't see what my threshold values were for performance and capabilities at that point. And in 2017, in the spring, I had what I would consider to be my big break, right? In very short order, I was able to scale up to where in 2017 spring, we had the opportunity to go after a very, very large contract, which I was able to convince um, other companies similar to mine with, with personnel resources that had been in business a while to join me in a collaborative effort. So I basically was facilitating seven different companies like mine and their resources to scale, to meet this demand of this massive contract. And um, it was very short time frame, a lot of stress, but um, so 2016 to 2017, the first six months, we did a hundred K in, in gross revenue from spring of 2017 to January of 2018 and I say spring, it was technically July when we launched the contract. So from July of 2017 to January of 2018, we did $3 million. Um, just, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm completely wrong. We did, we did 1.4 million in that time frame, And um, it was, it was literally my average was 108 hours a week. That was my weekly average of time spent. I spent months away from my family I was convinced and my wife was supporting me. I was convinced that the sacrifice was going to pay dividends and we were heading in the right direction. Um, but I hit my threshold unbeknownst to me. And so those hundred hours a week or so by end of August, within, within 45 to 60 days of this contract launching, 
the the value of the work I was putting in, the hours I was putting in was diminishing. I I literally went from working out and eating clean and getting good sleep to if I was sleeping four hours a night, I was lucky. I was eating whatever I could or had could get my hands on. I wasn't working out at all. I was spending so much time during the day supporting the work. And then at night, I was doing literally in the evenings and at night, I was doing the things that it took to run the business and to build the business. And um, it just it, it, it started uh, it started weaning off like the effectiveness of that started weaning off by the end of August. I was I, unbeknownst to me, I was I was stuck in this vicious loop. And it was just spiraling down. My family was suffering. I wasn't communicating with my wife as much as I could or should have. I wasn't even home. You know, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't managing the business effectively to where things were sliding and I wasn't seeing, I wasn't tracking things correctly. And the whole time I had this awareness that, man, this would be so much better if I had somebody to collaborate with, a partner, someone that had some skin in the game and was just as invested as I was. And, and I was aware of that. But I didn't even have, I didn't take the time. Uh, There's so much momentum. I didn't think I had the time to take a hard pause and, and seek that out or figure out a solution. So I just kept going. I kept going and I kept going. And, you know, by mid-December of that year, I honestly don't remember looking back. I don't remember a large part of those months. I mean, we did so much work. We did so much revenue. We had so much momentum but I don't remember a lot of it because it just, it became so, so literally almost traumatic. I mean, in, 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 a, in a sense, I mean, it was traumatic because it just, it was so much sacrifice and I was, I, I just, it was rough, man. So end of the year comes around, I take a break. I go home for a couple of weeks around the holidays. First of the year comes around and our client, and this is the fragile, this is how fragile the situation was. And again, I wasn't aware of this and I wasn't in a position to put up a fight, but our client, we had all those eggs in that big basket, right? And with the contract and in the beginning of the year, our client changed out the entire management team with, with a different team from another area. They literally relocated people and so on. This new management team came in with a bias. They wanted to bring their own contractors in. They had their own motivations and I didn't have the mental or, or physical, even emotional capacity to strategically navigate those waters to negotiate or to endure or to diversify into, into with other clients quick enough. And within, within three months, the whole thing came crashing down. The contract was canceled and they had the people in they wanted to get in initially, even though we were doing a great job and we performed well. And I just didn't have the fight left in me, man. And um, I, at that point, it was almost a blessing in disguise because at that point, it kind of snapped me out of my rhythm. And I recognized that my family life was suffering. My physical being was suffering. I wasn't happy. I wasn't healthy. And in spite of the revenue and the promise of a future, I didn't have what it was going to take to do that again for another year. And um, I'm not saying a partner would have solved all of that, but the whole time I was going through that, I was aware of the fact that I could not do it by myself. Yeah, dude. That's, I mean, that's, so there's a couple of things on there, right? Like um, one, the diversification of your sales, right? Cause right now right. your, your nut was coming off from pretty much one client, right? And yeah. if that, that went South, 
which it did, that it's just the big, the giant domino effect. Yeah. And I didn't have, I had other clients leading into that smaller ones, but I had to sacrifice that focus because it was going to take so much effort for myself. Now, if I had had a partner or partners, it would have been something where we could have kind of delegated responsibilities, shared that responsibility and, and expanded it, you know, our, our foundation, our base of clientele without sacrificing others. But um, it just, it wasn't there. I had to make a choice and the, the promise of the future with this client and the scale of it was just incredible. It was frankly, in my industry, it was something nobody had ever done. So uh, I was enticed by that type of challenge, but yeah, at the end of the day, man, um, it ultimately failed. I mean, I, I couldn't, I didn't have the juice left in the tank to recover, to acquire new clients. I had a lot of capital wrapped up in investments for assets up in that area that all of a sudden became useless. And I had to liquidate assets. I had to pay commitments that I had made on long-term leases for commercial building space, all these things. And when it was all said and done, I walked away with basically not much more than I went into it with. And um, I was, it, it frankly, it burned me out. Uh, since 2018, I have been performing in my career on essentially autopilot while I reorganize and, and reconstruct for a new business endeavor in an entirely different industry than I've been in for the last 20 plus years, because I, I, it burned me out. It took something away from me on the inside that I'll never get back. And that's because I went at it alone. That's the bottom line is that that's what happens when you go it alone. Yep. That's the, uh, the saying, um, I think I read it in a magazine. It was, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go for distance, you got to go with others. And how many businesses work fast? Like you don't get your payday. You don't build equity overnight. Very rarely, right? Um, there is no sprint in business unless you're, unless you're scamming somebody, I guess, but there's no sprint in business. It's all, it's an, it's a, frankly, it's a race that has no defined end. You just, you, you start running, and you have to pace yourself, metaphorically speaking, with no idea as to when you're going to reach that that horizon, that finish line, if there is, even is one. Um, even, frankly, if you go into it with the idea that there is a finish line, you might already be selling yourself short. But you can't do it by yourself. Not for long and not not to scale. Not any, Yeah, not anything scalable. Right. So, man. So, yeah. Uh, so, John, you got any feedback on that? And then I'll tell, I'll tell kind of my, my, um, my yeah, no, story. Yeah. I can relate to that in some ways and, and, and really be the antithesis of it. Um, you know, in any entrepreneur endeavor, I think if you're a good entrepreneur, you're going to be pushing yourself to work those extremely long hours, lack of sleep, lack of communication. Um, so I was at that point being the sole developer, IT support, running a software company. Um, and the thing is, is by having a partner, as soon as I, my health was declining, as soon as my partner realized that, he was able to reach out his hand and he was able to say, OK, wait, let's let's look at what you're doing. Right. The, if, if you burn yourself out, we don't have a company. You don't have anything. So he, he legitimately said, you're you're going to have to take a break for family. You're going to have to do these things. And we're just going to have to do that. And having somebody do that prevented me from burning out and losing the taste for the business. 
And it also, ironically, what it did is when he said that, I was like, man, if you're going to make me take time to breathe and take care of myself, I have to start building systems where I can offload this, where we can spread the load. And it made me become conscious of the business model, or at least my model in development and how I had to change it so that at a later time we could offload that stress. And I would have never gotten to that because if I'm running straight for the finish line, right? I'm not trying to think about how to get there smarter. I'm just bulldozing my way all the way there. And uh, that kind of his reaching his hand out, um, you know, spurred that on for me. And conversely, it's my job on a regular basis to say, hey man, are you getting that family time in today? Are you doing those things? And if you need me to pick something up, I got you. And that's, and and that's right. I think helped us out a lot. Um, now that we're two, we're you know, we're two years in, but like you know, the first year and a half was development, but that helped us out tremendously. So my last closing thought, and then I'm going to turn it over to Greg on this subject since I had the floor was, you know, in, in the, um, when you think about going into business for yourself, you're, you're thinking about doing so with a certain skill set or certain service or widget. There's something you want to offer the world that you believe you can offer the world and there's a need for, and you can generate revenue from that's, that's mm-hmm. what we do, right? Um, nobody tells you. There's no book. There's no service. There's no small business services that I know of out there that are going to help you run your business and learn how to do that. So, you know, if you think you're going to spend 50 hours a week building and performing the task or business, whatever service or widget you want to provide, then if you're going to go it alone, the reality is you need to anticipate doubling down on that because you're going to have to learn how to run a business. It's all the back end minutiae. It's all the things that nobody tells you how to do, but you have to figure out or you have to spend money to do. And at the end of the day, that takes more time because that's not your forte. And um, there's, there's a cost that comes with that both in time and in ability to scale. So, you know, using a landscaper as an example, if you think you're going to go out in your little town and pick up 20 yards and that's going to bring enough money in every week for you to pay the bills and be a happy guy, that's great. But if you don't continue to evolve and scale and diversify, somebody else is going to come in with a, with a bigger business that is willing to diversify scale and they're going to have a competitive advantage in their rates because they have more diversification, more clients, more accounts, and they're going to squeeze you out. And, and, and so you have to be able to spend the time to grow your business, to scale, to look at new opportunities, whether that's more accounts or more, more services Mm -hmm. you're offering. Right. And if you don't have the time and ability to do that, or it's not your forte, then you, you, you're not going to succeed or you're going to have to find somebody like a partner who has that vision or has that time and has that insight or experience in running a business, whatever that is. But ultimately, you can't you can't have a defined scope of work with a defined set of clients in a marketplace and think that that's going to sustain and hold you over because somebody's going to come in and be able to squeeze you out if you don't continue to grow. And if, if that's not what you're able to do, that's not your specialty and you don't have time to do it, then you're not going to you're not going to endure. Yeah, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's um, 
So I'll go back to what one was this. So my, my first endeavor was a small, um, actually they, they did, uh, it was in the real estate investment area. So I went to the small IT company. It was out of Canada. Uh, I jumped on as a number two guy. The, the, my friend was the CEO of the company. She brought me on and uh, we were going to expand it and just pretty much dominate all North, North America. So effectively what the, this platform did, it, it was um, uh, allowed you to get an insurance policy and a program, which in the event that if you're a tenant, if you're a real estate agent, you know, your mom and pop, and then even up to your large scale um, property managers, if they didn't pay their rent and you had to go through the eviction process, that insurance would kick in and cover and pay for the two, three months uh, of that rent while you went through the full eviction process. So super cool concept. Love the concept. I think they're, they're kind of starting to slowly roll out here in the U.S. still. Um, but I got in, I, you know, I, I, um, got into doing that. Um, and really it was just sell, sell, sell. It was meeting with everybody. I learned all about bigger pockets at the time, which is, you know, as now is just a huge platform for real estate investing. Um, started chatting with those guys about getting us on there and, um, uh, just to get, get brand awareness. And I signed a contract, the guy out of Canada, um, who was actually founded this, this company and was bringing it to the U S and um, we signed a contract on my pay, all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, after a month, no pay, two months, no pay. And I'm like, dude, like, where's my money? <laughs> I was like, I'm working 80 hours a week. You know, I had the home office, had everything set up. And the dude, dude, um, dude just said, no, that's not, not what we're going to do. Um, so I was like, all right, well, I'm out. Uh, see you later. So that was, uh, that, I kind of got burned on that deal. Uh, my friend, who was a CEO, called me crying. And she's just like, yeah, he just told me he's not paying. And she was upset. Her and I are still friends today. And, you know, we might do business together in the future. Who knows, man? But, um, yeah, that was just like kind of a, a swing and a miss. And I'm like, all right. So uh, I, I took that experience. It was good. I learned a little bit about contracting. I learned about, you know, better negotiation skills. Um, and, uh you know, it was just a painful lesson to learn. So then I, I get into this franchise, maybe maybe a year and a half, two years later, because the, the itch was there to, to do my own thing. And I, I had a job, full-time job, you know, got back into corporate America, did it for like, I don't even know, maybe 18 months. I was like, well, I can't, I can't do this full-time nine to five stuff. I got to go just do some freelance consulting. So I you know, do, do management consulting. So let me just go ahead and go build a brand, do independent stuff. So I started. I, I hey, Greg, I, I, I don't want you to gloss over this because I, there was a big reason your 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 personal that adventure when you did the franchise didn't work. And that dealt, if I'm correct, a lot of that was because you were basically carrying the burden yourself. Yeah, yeah, man. So you get into that franchise stuff, right? Like fast and forward. I, I get in this franchise. It's all military veteran branding. Um, you know, the cliff note version, get, get it going. Um, I'm just heads down on it all the time, right? Selling the work, getting the work, doing the HR, working with different partners. John, I know you were heavily involved in this as well. And at this point it was fairly grassroots, right? Like this was, this was a like very, very early stage franchise opportunity. And it was an open market where you were. So I just want to, I want to throw that out there because everybody that goes into business for themselves sees an opportunity that they just can't turn away and it's worth the risk. Mm -hmm. I wanted to hit that. Yep. So, and, and that was it to me, but it's, there's also the, the danger of being a pioneer in a franchise business. It's not like a McDonald's, which has great brand, brand recognition. It was like, it would, it, it would be uh, Greg's, 
um, junk removal and hauling. Dude, it would have been the exact Zero same difference. thing. Like th there was no brand awareness whatsoever. Um, so started that process. I mean, John, I know you were in it, but I, I think I started that in like May of 2015. Was still doing freelance consulting, doing the jobs. It started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, where I couldn't, I was trying to like take the calls like during a meeting. It was it was such a cluster. Uh, I was trying to run meetings and my phone was blown up to to get work. I was like, well, I got to take this. This could be another you know, a few hundred dollar job, or it could be something else to get the name out there. And, um, just trying to do everything. Ended up leaving my job, my, my full-time, you know, independent consulting job, and then went all in on it, did it. We, we grew from, I'll say November of 2015 to July of 2016. I was going, I mean, we were going up, up to like $20,000 a month in, in revenue in July, but it was, you know, doing moves, doing all kinds of other stuff. And it was backbreaking work. 12, I went from about 195 pounds, usually staying really good shape. Um, I think in that July, it was like 161 pounds, man. I lost 35 pounds, wasn't eating. The same stuff that Mike was talking about, right? You just beat the shit out of yourself. And then I just hated, I started hating the business. I was just resenting the business. And um, you were like Sanford's son. <laughs> yeah, Sanford and son. So, I mean, if that, I mean, it was a good, a good concept, right? It was all military veteran branded. I had a lot of um, guys, um, you know, full-time employees that worked um, for the company and um, that they, they were military and then some contractors that were, uh, I weaved them in and out for, for larger jobs. But I mean, it was, it was good. It was a great learning experience. And John, I know John was, John was heavy in the throes with me on so many yeah. shady jobs. <laughs> you, that, you know, I, I want to kind of yeah. talk about something and Greg, let me know if I step on your toes here. What, what I saw was the real issue is, is towards the end of it, you needed a break. You needed to, to to head out of town for something. And you needed the business to run without you. And you did not have a partner in the business. You had friends there to help, you know, do the labor and the lifting, literally the heavy lifting of objects. But you didn't have anybody set up as a partner to take over when you had to step away. And I think that's when you kind of realized what the real future of the business looked like or, or, or what the lifestyle would look like. Can you, am I hitting on something that's true or could you kind of explain on that? If that's any at all accurate? Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's what happens, right? Cause so, so I'm still on the reserve side, right. And you got to do your, your, your one weekend a month, two weeks a year. I was going through supply school at the time. And then July of 2016 was my two week annual training. I went to Newport, Rhode Island. That was my last, two weeks for graduating supply school of in this, you know, 18 month program. So I was like, Oh, this was good. I needed to go out there, needed to graduate. I mean, I needed to get through all this stuff. So I had the guys I turned over. I think I, I left some petty cash and uh, I lined a bunch of work up for them and, um, and, and routed my phone to, um, to one of the other guys. So like all my calls would go right into, right into him. And uh, dude, there was like, my phone was blowing up when I was there, like maybe the second day infighting people, pissing and moaning about stuff. Um, interpersonal and interpersonal, HR, issues. HR issues that I couldn't address. Um, complaint complaints, like, like just dumb shit. And then, um, what about your customers? Were they, and then customers didn't get taken care of because people weren't answering the phone or, um, I lined stuff up and then I think the guys didn't show up and didn't coordinate it. So I'm like, all right. Then I just was like, I was so, I wasn't even pissed, right? I was just so <laughs> exhausted that I'm like, 
that's man. that's I where I was, done. right? You but, had no more fight left. It I was no like, more fight left. It was like, you know, ring the bell because it's time to roll, you know, move on. I wanna I wanna ask something though, because what I did was completely autonomous and, and independent in an open space, so to speak. I feel as though if you were buying into a franchise, you would have some expectation or some some reasonable you know, parameters around the franchise that there would be, there would be some support networks, some back end, back channel support, whether it was billing, marketing, you know, et cetera. And, and maybe in, in that case also where, you know, Hey, I'm a, I'm a franchisee here, another franchisee over here. Can, can we, can we swap some support? You know, well, I'm out of town kind of thing, but it sounds like you basically paid money for the identity, but you had to market it yourself and do everything yourself. Was there any franchise support? No, I mean, it, it was, they, they would do stuff. I remember them doing stuff to like, Hey, you can park your vehicle and your, your trailer at this place for 250 bucks a month. I was like, that doesn't mean no good. Like that thing, the trailer makes me if money. It's not working. Like, if, if it's, it's not working, it's not making me money. Right. Like, I'm like, that is dumb. I'm like, I'm not going to spend money to not make money. That makes that. Thank you for nothing. Like, I, like that is the worst advice ever. Do you think that was unique to this young franchise, not really knowing how to be a franchise yet? Or do you think that that's something that could be a potential pitfall for people who have the illusion of the security? I mean, you buy a new franchise because it gives you in instant momentum, right? Mm -hmm. Arguably brand recognition, marketing, all that. If, do you think a lot of other companies that offer franchise opportunities do you for, for, for the potential new business owner, do you think that's something where they, they shouldn't expect that where they're still going to kind of be at it alone if they go in on solo, like you did? It, it depends on, it depends. Number one, it depends on the franchise, right? Trying to be a pioneer. What I mean by being a pioneer, trying to be one of the first, I think I was maybe the 10th, franchise in the entire country right um and all the guys that i came in with in, in our little boot camp to do the franchise like all of them are out of business like every single one of them shut the shut the doors because they're like dude this is i gotta work my ass off and then you start stacking up all these different expenses and workers comp and yeah. like dude this is like i'm working my ass off for thirty thousand dollars a year right like right. maybe maybe and that, that's like year two or three so i was like this just doesn't make sense to me um Bigger franchises, right? You look at like a Chick Fil A franchise, dude. That you get it, you know. The investment's bigger to buy in though, too. It's, oh. it's like ten grand. It's like, but you gotta like apply. It's very rigorous. You gotta go through interviews and screenings, um, and then they pretty much give you the market that they say you're gonna be in, right? So you you you, they do the due diligence for you, so you can go in and be successful. Yeah, but it's cost more, right? I believe the cut is probably greater. Yeah, they'll take right. whatever other profit. There's a bigger more. cut. You know, at some, somewhere they're getting more money, being rightfully so. If they're doing all of that for you as an aspiring business owner, then it's a passive income flow for them. Yeah, absolutely. So I understand. I was just curious if you felt like because your angle of going through a franchise opportunity is different than what I did. But ultimately, going it alone in both cases, Sucks. frankly, resulted in the same outcome. Right. Yeah. We both ended up so smoked at the end of our endeavor not even the end it became the end because we had no we didn't have the juice left the fight the the it, we also didn't have the incentive left there wasn't enough on the other end there wasn't enough carrot left to to muster up and and, and carry on right? yeah yeah so so yeah so that i mean that um, th those are 
it was a good experience though, right? Like I learned a ton. Like, I mean, I think in, if I, if I said 12 months, I mean, I could collapse that and say, I got like five years experience in 12 months. Like I learned a shit ton, but it was at a steep price physically. Um, we had a, uh, my mm-hmm. wife was pregnant when we started it. We had a two year old at home. We had the, ba- I remember I was in the labor room with her. Like we were having our second child. I was pushing on her hips and literally, like we had wet while she was going through the birthing process, my phone rang. Like, babe, I gotta answer this. <laughs> I'm pushing on her hips. I'm like, dude, this is a guy that's like he I was talking back and forth. I was like, hey, I was like, I'd love to do some work for you, sir, but uh, my wife's in the middle of labor right now. Can I call you back? Cause I really want I want your business. I got the business, I got the work. Um, but it was like, dude, it was I was ruthless for for getting revenue, man. And it was just well, you have to be to that point, you know, and I've said this and Greg Greg's heard me say this, but you know, number one, if you think you're going to run, you start up a small business and you're going to like, you know, punch out and go camping yeah, and all like for your first three years, you might as well come to terms with your family and your friends that my life is this business. And if you think you own a business just because you've got an LLC and got it registered with a with a Fed ID number, you're mistaken. That business will own you for at least the first three years. It, it just is what it, you never punch out, man. And I, 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 I kind of want to interject and I, because I think that that applies in, in, you know, the majority of cases, but at least ha- me having a partner and us building out systems. I mean, it's two Navy officers, so we know systems. We, yeah, well, that's the distinction <laughs> like right there. for us, we don't, like that's one thing we won't run, but we started that the business off with the mindset that check and balance that we weren't going to end up doing that. So like I'm fortunate enough that yes, you know I can put in a hundred hour week, but we we do not let ourselves be in, overall encompassed by the business. Good Friday. But you have yeah. the benefit of having a partner and the perspective, and that's that that's the whole point of this this podcast as far as i know is you know like you what you're doing is 10 times more solid and 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 more promising than what we experienced and that that was the whole point is for those that are going to listen to this and are at that in the throes of starting their business or on the verge of doing so take the time to find the right person not just any partner find the right person you have to have trust. You have to be able to be candid, honest, communicate, all that. But don't go it alone unless unless this is just something you want to do for so, a short period so of time. So I kind of want to flip experience. the script. What about those instances where guys are in, or, or girls are in uh, a sole entrepreneurship venture? Is there a way that they can, you know, mitigate this with hires or bringing on a friend? partner or, or what what would you guys what do you think you guys should have done in those instances that would have helped you out maybe what are some things you well i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this i'm gonna throw this out there real quick i actually approached greg about what i was about to do i had the contract signed i was knew we were i knew what our takeoff date was i knew we were a go and i knew i i knew what i was good at and it had nothing to do with running a large scale business and dealing with a lot of, you know, accounts, payables, receivables, the insurance and contracts, and all that. And I knew Greg has a background and the experience to to operate a business and see potential for growth and so on. And I've known this man my whole life. So I came to him and asked him for the opportunity to consider joining up as a partner. 
And it's all about timing, man. I had the right person. I had the right skill set to offset my, my skill set. And we, we could have, we could have done great things, but as it turned out, mm-hmm. he was about to deploy. Yeah. And, and that, that's what so, Bahrain. So, <laughs> so he deploys and I go at it alone because I already yeah. got the ticket. The train's coming. Right. So I jump, I jump on the damn train by myself and Greg goes and deploys. And by the time he comes back, my stuff's all falling to pieces. It was that fast. It, it was very, it was like a flash flood. It was really intense. And then it was gone. And so by the time he gets back from Bahrain, I'm, I'm, you know, freaking in the fetal position, just trying to figure out what, what my life's really about. Not literally, but just to, you know, make, make a point, but that was my attempt. Right. And um, I think Mm -hmm. if that timing had been different, we might, we might not still be doing that type of work, but we would still be in business and very successful together. We could have scaled that, sold it, diversified it, whatever, and took on new ventures. Yeah, absolutely. And you can, and having Greg or, or anybody having that second partner as a devil's advocate m- means a lot. I know frequently in, in my businesses, um, one of the things I do is I, I will like, if, if there's a business opportunity that looks like the um, my quality of life will decrease, to a level that's unacceptable, I play the devil's advocate. Is the juice worth the squeeze? And when you're a sole entrepreneur, having been a sole entrepreneur before, and you're down on the ground, everything is worth the squeeze because you're just thinking about making the bills to get paid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. It's outsourcing, right? Like, because those, uh, so from my standpoint, things that I have lesson learned, right? Like um, it it is getting plugged in it's getting, there's stuff that like, I should just not have been doing, right? Like I should have just said, you know, instead of doing the payroll all the time, I should have just outsourced it to somebody up front. Um, yeah, it would have been an expense, but that would have freed me up more time to go do marketing and sales and like coordinate jobs and not sit there and process payroll and follow up with people why they didn't get paid, why I didn't get paid and bouncing the budget at the end of the month. I mean, that, those little things, man, just like that, it, it doesn't, it adds up that time adds up like so much where I'm like, man, I could be doing something way more productive that actually generates revenue. Cause it's like the question, right. You, you ask mm-hmm. yourself, will this make me money? Yes or no. And a lot of shit that I was doing, like I look back, I was like, that didn't make money. That didn't even allow me to make money. It didn't allow me to get in front Not of Not only that, but it takes you out of the market to generate future yep. revenue. So it's, it's compounded, but I want to Greg's situation. I want to, one thing I want to make sure he doesn't miss is, you know, you talked about like employing, the, in offsetting those those ability, you know, those gaps or, or fulfilling those needs in the absence of a partnership. Greg, I think, had an experience with trying to hire people that he could groom and and give additional responsibility to. And there was challenges there too. It's different when you have, you know, someone that you're hiring in and it's transactional. They're there for a paycheck if they don't have the right mindset. You can't train work ethic and responsibility and a sense of ownership or accountability into people that, that it has to be inherent. And, 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 you know, so I think I would like him to get into that a little bit with respect to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, as far as like the staff and stuff like that, I was trying to get, yeah, yeah well, you know, like we had, we had Reggie and Nick and Nate, um, John, you were you were the you were the, the the mercenary that would just come in when I had like the world's shittiest jobs, and John would help me out. Was it pineapple? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, 
the uh, yeah, just trying to get these guys in and trying to get folks up to like take on certain things. And they, I mean, and, and by and large, like some of them started doing more and more stuff. I mean, they really started getting out there and like, I remember them dressing up when I was just dog tired. Like I had nothing left. I think I got norovirus <laughs> like four times that year. Um, is puking and then went and did a job and then would open the door. So the customer wants yeah. to see me throw up. And then I just like, let's go to work. Um, but trying to get those guys um, into that position, it, it like, I, I just didn't have the time trying to really invest in them mm-hmm. while trying to do all the other back end shit. Cause they would come in and like, all right, I got a job. It starts at this time. But I'm like, they didn't see all the shit I had to do right. to line it all up, get the trucks, get right. the equipment, lay the stuff out. And so I like, at seven thirty in the morning, we all get to the warehouse, do the shits ready. It wasn't go. magic, right? It wasn't magic. So, so you know, actually, something you mentioned, Greg, that I just wanted to throw in there. I recognized the need for that back end support in the gaps that I had in my abilities. Too late. It was end of October, beginning of November, and I found a an accounting company that did bookkeeping, payroll, invoicing, all of that paying them several hundred dollars a month at that point. I contracted with them to handle all that. I still had to put eyes on it and deal with it, but it wasn't no, anywhere near as labor intensive. I was getting account summaries, et cetera, on a weekly basis. And I found a, a guy that handled legal and contract stuff, and I was pushing everything over to him and paying him a retainer. And then the other thing I found was I, I found, I tracked down a really good insurance broker that actually knew our industry very well, but had access to every type of insurance that we could possibly need because we had within this massive MSA or master contract service agreement, we had all these individual contracts and depending on the type of work, we had to have different types of insurance and so on. And I could literally send that over and let the broker handle. So I was spending a couple thousand dollars a month on outsourcing all these services that took a huge burden off, but it was kind of too late. And I had a lot of other things to deal with. And the other thing I'll say with that is again, Largely, those were transactional relationships. They did what they were getting paid to do. Nothing more, nothing less. And there were a few instances where I caught things that I would have seen and been able to head off. And instead, it cost me time or money or or missed opportunities because I wasn't as invested in that. So you have to have resources that you trust. And frankly, I think there's some value in having them with skin in the game, right? That's the thing. Your partnership with Greg would have been totally different than outsourcing those things. He could have done all those things fantastically, but he would add skin in the game. So he would have had an acute interest in making sure that it wasn't just, mm-hmm. you know, tab A, slot yeah. B, that kind of yeah. thing. It would have Makes been sense. more complete. So, so, John, I mean, this is, the, so I guess the moral of the story here. And John, John, if you want to bring us home, man, and kind of the lessons learned here, the, um, you know, don't do what Mike and I did. Do what John does. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the whole moral of the story. Don't, don't go it alone. I mean, bottom line, there's nothing in life that you you can go alone. The whole lone wolf concept in business, especially, but even in life. I mean, that's why people get married or they have roommates or they they you know you. There's nothing you're meant yeah. to do alone. Yeah, so, I'd like to say Mike was asking for a word to describe when the the power of two people coming together instead of just being on your own. And I think a word to describe that is synergy. And you can't underestimate the amount of synergy you'll have when you have two good people working on a project. And you're gonna see that synergy uh, manifest itself in a variety of ways. One is motivation. You're gonna have the motivation, it's gonna increase exponentially, the skill sets, and most importantly, somebody to lean on. 
And I think for me, out of everything that I've experienced benefits from having a partner, but being able to have somebody to lean on when times get rough to push you yeah. through that and overcome those obstacles for me is one of the greatest advantages of having a partner in a business. I think that's Absolutely. a metaphor for Absolutely. life in general, man. Well, this, this wraps it up. Um, thank you guys for listening. So what we're going to be be doing here, you know, I'm doing the dailies um, on just stuff that I'm working on uh, and by being balanced in business and going through the daily stacks on meditation and what I'm learning in business. Um, again, I'm getting really, really focused. Um, that's a whole nother topic I'm going to talk about here at a later date, uh, actually pretty soon here, but, um, and why that's important, why focus is important, but I appreciate you guys, uh, listening. I know this is a, about an hour podcast and, uh, I hope you guys got some good, uh, content out of this. So thank you guys very much. And, uh, we're out here.